Hey everyone, and welcome to the Every Word Podcast. All right, welcome everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I'm here with my buddy Ethan, and we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, this episode is going to be about Genesis chapter 4. And again, as always, just a reminder to our newer listeners, if you would like to follow along with us, we will be reading out of the New Living Translation. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to my friend Ethan, and he's going to begin with our reading. Hey, thanks, AJ. Uh, so we're starting off our reading today um, from Genesis chapter 4. Um, we are reading verses 1 through 5. Verses 1 through 5. All right, verse 1. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. All right, AJ, go ahead and get us started. All right, so we'll start off. Um, first thing I want to look at really quickly is in verse 1. Um, in verse 1, the, really the only thing I want to point out is that Eve here does confirm uh, that the miracle of birth is, a, is in fact a miracle from God. Um, we say that quite often. And uh, I think we actually take it for granted quite a bit, but just the very fact of birth um, is truly every single time a, a God-given miracle. Um, moving on from that uh, into verse three, we begin to look at um, the offering, uh, the love offering, if you want to put it that way, uh, of Cain and Abel unto God. And one thing that's always uh, brought up with a little bit of controversy because uh, there's no clear answer um, is why exactly was Cain's gift unacceptable? Um, and there's a few reasons that have been postulated over the years um, by various people, and I'll kind of hit on those very quickly. Um, one of them is uh, type, and reason for that is, though it's not clearly depicted in the scripture at this point, uh, minus there was some scripture that we covered in a previous episode that uh, set uh, will eventually set the precedent for animal sacrifices to be needed under the upcoming Mosaic law is uh, perhaps uh, a blood offering or a blood gift uh, was the only suitable gift in the Lord's eyes. Um, and you would think if this were the case that, um, you know, if Cable, if Abel knew this, then surely Cain should have known this as well. And maybe he just chose to uh, be disobedient or he just didn't want to do that. Um, because he was he was the farmer of the family, so that would have required him going into Abel most likely and saying, uh, "Can you help me with my offering?" Um, the next one would have been uh, quality, and if you'll notice here in the scripture, uh, the scripture describe describes Abel's offering as being the best of the firstborn, whereas Cain's gift doesn't really have a, a lot of description aside from just some of his crops. Um, you know, you can take this to imply that Cain has not gone to any special lengths to gather or prepare really any kind of a gift for the Lord. And um, as God only deserves our best, uh, you could see how he wouldn't be very pleased uh, with Cain's gift in comparison to Abel, because obviously Abel uh, went to a lot of, of pains and efforts, I'm sure, uh, to take care of this, uh, 
take care of this firstborn lamb until the time of the offering came about. Whereas it sounds like Cain's was just whatever excess maybe he had on hand uh, that he brought forward as an offering. And lastly, um, is his heart. And uh, this kind of ties into my thoughts on the quality of the gift. Um, you know, if you truly love someone, um, even in this world, and you intend to present them with a gift, you're not going to give them just something that you have lying around. Um, you want to give them something, you know, that's that's intentional, the very best that you can within your means. Uh, and this is evident uh, within Abel's gift, and obviously pretty absent in Cain's gift as well. Um, and again, this can be interpreted as Cain's heart was not completely devoted to the Lord, um, in which, uh, you know, the Lord could have denied his gift because he already knew it wasn't given under the right pretenses. It was really more maybe out of an obligation uh, rather than love. Maybe uh, Abel up and decided one day, I want to provide an offering for the Lord and to to blend in or to, you know, to make himself feel better or, or maybe out of guilt. He just said, well, I'm going to provide a, I'm going to provide a gift as well. But like I said, his heart maybe wasn't right uh, at that particular moment. My personal thoughts, I think it's maybe a combination of the three. Um, Ethan, do you have any, any thoughts to add on that? What's, what's your take? Hey, great thoughts, AJ. Um, I, I guess I just want to uh, focus in on that um, the the heart piece of it that you hi highlighted. That was a, a really good breakdown of of the possible reasons that um, God uh, rejected Cain's sacrifice. Um, uh, spoiler alert: uh, Cain goes as far as to kill Abel. Here we'll read that in just a few verses, and so that makes me think that there was a lot of things uh, building up and uh, behind the scenes up to this point, uh, some tension between Cain and Abel. And, and this was kind of the final straw, the, the straw that, that broke the camel's back. And, uh, and Cain ends up losing it, losing it and kills Abel. And so uh, it's really important, like you said, that we make sure that our hearts are right before we approach God in worship. I think that's incredibly important. I'm reminded um, of a passage in Matthew chapter 5. It's uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24. Um, this is Jesus talking. He says, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So, you know, what, Je what Jesus is saying here is if there's something that isn't right between you and your brother, that could be your, you know, your physical earthly brother or, or right. it could be your, your, your brother in Christ. And, and there's something that isn't right between you. There's some sort of tension. Um, you need to, before you ever continue in worship and in praise, go and make it right with your brother. Right. And uh, find that place of reconciliation. God wants us to be to dwell together in unity he says uh to uh to seek peace with all men that's what we need to do and until we get that right uh he's not going to accept our worship so it's really really important that our heart is right uh, be, uh one to another and toward god before we ever come to him and worship so hey great thoughts aj great breakdown of of why uh, why god might have rejected Cain's offering. Thank you. And nice work on yours as well. Um, I really like that Matthew 5 scripture. Um, there's a lot of truth to that. 
Um, okay, so we're going to move on at this point, and I will pick up with a reading, and I'm going to start with verse 6, and we're going to go down through verse 16. <clears throat> okay. So verse 6 says, Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's keeper? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out from me to, the ground, from, to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You have made me a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord replied, no, for I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. All right, Brother Ethan, what do you have for us on that scripture? Hey, thanks, AJ. Um, verse 7 has a great description of sin. It, it says, sin is crouching at the door. Uh, my dad uh, references uh, the description in this verse quite a bit, and he always depicts sin like this terrifying, ugly, hairy, snarling creature with these long claws and fangs, and this creature is breathing heavenly and roaring and scratching and clawing at your door, trying its best to break down the door and, and come inside your home and, and destroy you. And, and so sin is, is something we should not play with. Because if we let it in, uh, its purpose and its intent is to control us. Our flesh is not strong enough to control our sinful nature. Only by walking after the Spirit will we find the strength to subdue our human nature. It says, uh, it, says it like this in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. It says, You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. The Spirit of God living in us, that's the gift of the Holy Ghost, and it gives us power to overcome sin. But we have to be led by it day after day if right. we want to win the battle against sin. It says the Spirit of God has to be living in you. Not dormant, not dead, but continually alive and at work in our right. lives. Right. Um, verses 14 and 15. So despite Cain's, obviously his, his grave and, and terrible sin, God still extends mercy to Cain. And, and, and so God pronounces a curse on anyone who tries to kill Cain, a sevenfold curse. And so Cain is still protected by God, even though Cain has given into temptation and he's given in to that ravenous creature. He's opened up the door and, and it's mm -hmm. come inside and now it's controlling him. And, and this only speaks of, of God's abundant mercy and faithfulness, even despite our sin, even in our sin, even in terrible sin like this, God 
is still merciful. But right. I, I tell you, I was reading this and I, I had not seen this before, but it just struck me. This is such a sad verse in the Bible. In verse 16, it says, so Cain left the Lord's presence. Even though Cain received such amazing mercy from God when really he should have died, you know, God should have should have taken his life in in payment for Abel's life. But th- that sin that Cain had had let into his heart, that sin led him completely away from the Lord. Cain had a relationship with God. I mean, he 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 gave obviously he gave offerings to God. Uh, he heard the audible voice of God. I, I mean, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, have you, AJ? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very few people have, but but Cain heard the audible voice of God and talked to him, like had a conversation with him. And he had this relationship, but but sin's, sin had just got a, too great of a hold on his heart. Right. And it turned him completely away from God. And so that he he never returned again to God's presence. So we need to make sure that if we mess up, if we sin, if we fall into temptation, right. we need to make sure that we trust in God and that he is a faithful God and that he's a merciful God and he is willing to extend forgiveness to us. But even more than that, we need to make sure that we do everything that we can to stay in his presence. Yes. Make sure that we... We hold on to that Holy Ghost that's within inside of us that, you know, even if we do it, if we do sin, even a terrible sin, I, I'm reminded of, of David when he uh, commits the sin with Bathsheba and, and kills her, her husband. And he says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. God, uh, forgive me. Don't take me away from your presence. That needs right. to be our prayer. If, if we fall, that we, we stay close to his presence excellent job on that breakdown um you did a phenomenal job and especially um talking about sin man you you did a great job talking about that and um just a couple things i want to add um to what you said um around the realm of sin and verse eight depicts um what would be recorded in the bible as the very first uh murder uh, in the history of mankind and you know it's very possible that cain having never seen death before as his mother and father at this point were very much still alive um maybe he didn't even know or understand that his actions would or could kill his brother abel you know there's a potential that uh he was just very frustrated and maybe he he wanted to take out a little bit of rage on his brother but he didn't understand that you know, that rage would eventually go on to a point of no return. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just struck me, you know, isn't that exactly how sin works? You know, um, if you if you don't know, Ethan and I just recently spent a weekend together in Houston. And I'm from a small town, um, so there's a few things in Houston I don't get to see all the time. And uh, one of the things I was commenting on when we were on the interstate were the express lanes or the toll tollways, what have you. Um, and there was one right in the middle of the major uh, interstate. And I asked him, I said, well, if you get on that, because it was barricaded by two con- two sets of concrete barriers on either side. So it's just big enough for one car at a time to be going through. And I asked him, I said, well, the, here's the thing. When you get on that, how do you know where it gets off? Like, 
because there was a bunch of like normal exits that we were passing that you couldn't have gotten you couldn't have gotten to had you been in there because you kind of got locked in it's like once you're in you're in you know until who knows when that thing finally opens back up (laughs) and uh you know and and that god brought that to my remembrance it's it's sin is exactly like that once you get in there you don't know when it's going to let you out. You may go a lot further than you ever intended to. You may have meant to pull out a little bit earlier, but there you, you realize there's no way out. And so by the time you're able to escape sin's bonds, you're way deeper than you ever thought you were ever going to be. So, you know, that, that was just one thing that struck me. And I, I feel this is probably Cain's sentiment. Um, if we could have a conversation yeah. with him, I feel like he would probably agree to that. Um, he definitely went somewhere he did not intend to go. But again, uh, sin is like that. It's not remorseful. It will take you as far as it possibly can um, away from God. And uh, verses 9 and 10, you know, I want you to imagine for a moment, what are the emotions that God is is probably having uh, in himself? You know, when his own creations, the ones that he created in his own image, have now taken the life of one of their own. You know, imagine the heartache, the shame, and the utter disappointment. Not only did his initial creations, Adam and Eve, clearly defy him and uh, force them out, force their own selves out of God's perfect garden, but their direct offspring take it another step and commit cold blood and murder, doubt, anger, and murder, all present and active in humanity by just the second generation of mankind. That if that doesn't tell you the story of what flesh is and what it wants to do, I don't know what it will. But that, you know, people say, oh, flesh is not that bad. It's not that unruly. Within two generations, mankind had discovered murder, doubt, and disobedience. I mean, some of the biggest major players that sin works with every single day. Um, and that pretty much that that's all I had to add uh, on top of what you had already done. Like I said, excellent job on that. Uh, brother Ethan. So I appreciate that. Great thoughts. Great thoughts, AJ. Very well said. Um, we'll continue on uh, verse uh, starting from verse 17. We'll, we'll read through the end of the chapter. Okay. Uh, verse 17. Cain had sexual relations with his wife and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Then Cain founded a city, which he named Enoch after his son. Enoch had a son named Irad. Irad became the father of Mehujael. Mehujael became the father of Methushael. Methushael became the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women. The first was named Ada, and the second was Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabel, who was the first of those who raise livestock and live in tents. His brother's name was Jubal, the first of all who play the harp and flute. Lamech's other wife, Zillah, gave birth to a son named Tubalcane. He became an expert in forging tools of bronze and iron. Tubalcane had a sister named Naamah. One day, Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. If someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished 77 times. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. 
She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. All right, take it away, AJ. All right. So I don't have too many notes here, um, but I'll go over the few that I do have. So in verses 19 through 22, um, we start to look at the descendants, some of the descendants of uh, Cain's lineage. And, you know, though Cain was cursed of God, God still allowed his offspring to become successful. uh, And his protection of Cain was obviously fulfilled because he lived long enough to uh, have children and and their children have children and establish a lineage. Um, but, you know, one of the things here is, um, you know, verse 21 says, uh, you know, Jubal, the first of all who play the harp and the flute. And, you know, some of the others were experts in forging tools, bronze and iron, you know, it's, it's not like they just, they existed. God allowed them to become, uh, what I would consider to be pretty significant. I mean, that's a pretty significant feat to be the first one who ever learned how to play the harp and the flute. Um, and that was derived from a man that was cursed of God. The point I'm trying to make here is though you may have come from a less than godly lineage, that doesn't mean that you won't go on and do great things and continue to be blessed by God. You can't, you know, it, it's not for us to let maybe our, our less than perfect heritage dictate uh, what we're going to be in God, you know, God has us, uh, you know, we're supposed to be walking in our own walk with him. So, um, you know, naturally it's great if you come from a lineage that maybe is, you know, deeply rooted in the truth, but if not, God can still use you absolutely the same way. And he can still do miraculous, wonderful things through you. Um, the same as anybody else. So, you know, that was the big thing that jumped out at me is, you know, um, just kind of, I guess, the, the perseverance and the success of some of Cain's uh, descendants there. And then uh, in verse 25, you know, this is something that, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of ashamed to admit how old I was when I actually put two and two together and even realized that um, Adam and Eve had a son named Seth. I don't know how, but somehow I just overlooked that for a lot of years in my life. I remember reading it for the first time and like walking into my parents' bedroom, like, did you know they had a son named Seth? <laughs> what somebody (laughs) snuck that verse in the bible (laughs) everything was just came together for aj in that world changed in one night you don't want to know like it i was way too old (laughs) when i found that out (laughs) but um awesome but i i have in my notes i said often overlooked i'm probably the only one that's overlooked that but (laughs) oh well but but uh, God did replace, you know, the murdered son of Adam and Eve uh, with the birth of their son, Seth. Um, and I know a guy named Seth, actually. Um, yeah, he did, too. <laughs> um, the uh, the name Seth uh, means appointed or placed. And so Seth was, in, in fact, a replacement for Abel. And, um, and we'll later come to find out in more genealogical, you know, uh, uh, readings and things like that. And uh, we'll come to find that this is the lineage that God chooses to set up his eventual covenant with his people. Um, and, and one day it will be the lineage of the Messiah. And so, again, uh, you know, uh, the, the mistake of Cain, look at how much he has missed out on because he, you know, he was disobedient to God. You know, he's he's had a curse upon his family. 
uh, and now he misses out the opportunity for his lineage to be one of the most, I mean, one of the, the most important lineages in all the record of the Bible. Um, so, I mean, you know, that to me, that just, that was a, that was a huge thing, you know, why a few mistakes, you know, in, in this brief moment in Cain's life and everything changed for him. So again, like you were saying about sin and its power, we must, we must keep it under control. We must die daily. We must walk with him every day because I don't, you know, I don't want to get to heaven one day and find out all the things that could have been, if I would have been more obedient and, you know, find out all the things that could have, I could have done had I, you know, done everything that God had told me to do. So, um, that being said, that's, that's all the notes that I have on that. Uh, Ethan, do you have some additional that you'd like to offer? Yeah, sure. Um, so fun fact, uh, you know, we kind of mentioned that we knew somebody named Seth. Uh, he happens to be my brother. <laughs> and uh, fun fact. Um, so Cain and Abel are often theorized to be twins. And the reason why is Adam and Eve only get together once. And it shows that uh, Cain, Cain comes out first and then later Abel comes. And so uh, there's a lot of speculation that they may have been twins. And fun fact, uh, so I'm I'm the oldest um, kid in my family, and I'm actually a twin. And uh, but my twin um, died in the womb, and uh, when my brother Seth came along, uh, my mom and dad decided to name him Seth because he was a replacement. And uh, so I just wanted to mention that fun fact. I don't um, even know if I knew that. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, but yeah, fun fact. Um, so, uh, moving on from that (laughs) in in more serious terms, verse 24. Uh, so this passage talks about, um, avenging seven times and then 70 times seven is the way the King James says, basically 77 times. Uh, it's Lamech talking about, um, making his claims after he murdered somebody. And Jesus actually directly references this when Peter asks him in Matthew 18 and 21. Peter asks, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And so Jesus tells Peter not to forgive someone just seven times, but 70 times seven or 77 times. And so Jesus is actually making a direct reference to this story of of Lamech uh, murdering somebody and says, if Cain was avenged seven times, I'm going to be avenged 77 times. And so the point that Jesus is making is that our fleshly nature wants to take revenge and get even with people. But Jesus here is saying, you need to forgive. Forgiveness is hard for us humans, but if God has extended mercy to you and to me, just like he did to Cain, uh, we must extend, uh, everyone mercy too. So, so uh, forgiveness is a lifestyle, and it's an important lifestyle. In fact, it, it's a practice that is so important that it is a salvational issue. We have to forgive, or right. else, like Matthew in 18.35 says, God won't forgive us. Right. And so th- this tale of Lamech's desire for vengeance, I-, I feel like it's so fitting with the story of Cain and Abel. And it's just, you know, God, God put it right there for a purpose. And-, and so Cain allowed vengeance instead of forgiveness to enter his heart. And that's why he ended up mer- murdering Abel. And uh, Jesus, 
uh, in that Matthew 18 chapter says that God will not forgive us if we don't forgive our brother, like Abel, from mm-hmm. our heart. Going back to, to those three <laughs> possible reasons that God uh, rejected Cain's sacrifice. You know, Cain did not forgive his brother Abel from his heart. He was jealous of him, and, and when God rejected his sacrifice, he became vengeful. And maybe he said, I forgive you, uh, but that creature of sin, that ravenous creature with that's just snarling and hairy and long claws and, <laughs> right. and long fangs, it had broken through the door, and now it was controlling him. So his lips may have spoken forgiveness, but his heart had not forgiven his brother. And so we need to make sure that we forgive our brother and that we practice a lifestyle of forgiveness and reconciliation because that's what God desires of us. Right. That's that's pretty much all I have. Great thoughts, AJ. Ex- excellent job uh, for this chapter. Yeah, same to you too, man. You, you did a great job. Uh, a lot of great explanations in there. And um, I'm excited to to hear the feedback once this episode goes live because I think a lot of people are going to be blessed. So, um, all right. Well, that with that being said, uh, that's going to bring us to the end of chapter four and also to the end of this episode. So, uh, again, thank you everybody for taking the time out of your busy day and uh, turning us on and uh, giving us a listen. Uh, we really appreciate it and. Um, as we as we wrap it up, normally we don't do this, but I do want to throw in a quick plug for our, our social media because I think it's been a while since we said anything about it. But um, if you want to join in on the conversation or if you've got any uh, questions or ideas or really anything, if you want to reach out to us in any way, uh, we got a couple ways to do that. Um, so we have an email address. So it's everywordpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we have a Facebook, which is every word podcast page. I'm pretty sure you just look up every word podcast up in Facebook and you should find it. I hope. <laughs> and <laughs> I hope. And, uh, then our Twitter is the best one of all at every word pod, because I could not get every word podcast. <laughs> so, um, if you want to wonder about that, that one was my fault. So guilty as charged. Um, All right. Well, with that being said, again, thanks, everybody, and take care. We'll see you in the next episode. See you guys. You have a good one.